welcome to Harvest Birth Stories, where we support mamas pre, post, and during birth. My name is Sophie Grace, and I will be your host for this podcast. We want to share empowering birth stories across the United States and beyond, and encourage mothers all around the world to feel proud and empowered by any story that they may have experienced. Let's get into the podcast. Thank you for listening. hate the beginning of these things it's always is so awkward um today we have emma who is one of again i guess my friends (laughs) i feel like three quarters of these podcasts are just friends of mine but you know what whatever it's how it works yeah um so i'm gonna have you introduce yourself and um just tell us a little bit about yourself what you do who you have at home all that jazz okay (laughs) Uh, so yeah, I'm Emma. I am married. My husband's name is Chris or Christopher. I'll probably use both interchangeably this podcast. So, um, and then we have a daughter, her name is Navy and she's two. And then we also have a dog, Basset Hound and her name's Cleo and Sophie knows her too. So we got to include her. We love Cleo. She's pretty awesome. Um, tell us a little bit about just like yourself and what you do and Okay. What not? Uh, so I am a research agronomist at Mindac in Wapton here. So that's a sugar beet co-op. <laughs> so I am in charge of the field research program. So basically I have a whole bunch of like tiny fields, I guess we can call them, that I plant, maintain, and harvest with a whole team. It's not just me. Just um, you. No, totally not just me uh, that I work with. And then like after harvest, it's a lot of data analysis and statistics, which the nerd in me is all about. So mm-hmm. summers are busy, uh, spring, fall busy. Basically, if a farmer is busy, like I'm busy at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you can think about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So this next one is coming yeah. So, so I'm pregnant again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm 15 weeks and my due date is September 9th, which is going to be a little dicey with our plot harvest because that usually starts about the third week of September. So mm. I'll miss that this year. But this year it might not. We're still freaking. Yeah. It's snowy. You know, it might be late snow. for everything. I don't know. Yeah. But a lot of my job when it comes to plot harvest is logistics Mm. and planning and preparation so i can have that all all done done. yeah Yeah. beforehand and then i just won't be physically out in the field probably as much as i would in years past right yeah or maybe maybe you'll come with maybe just visit yeah say hi baby can come with uh navy came out to the she was born in march so she came out to the field a lot like planting and then Mm. that summer following her birth so maybe this baby will just follow in the same footsteps. Yeah. Yeah. Might mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, so do you do work with like farmers or is it mostly just like research type stuff on your own or like, you know what I mean? So um, 
yes, I work with the farmers. Um, we rent like three to five acre pieces from them to conduct our trials. And then um, I work with them like during the winter months, mm. a lot of education on what we see in our trials and going over results and making recommendations for the upcoming season. And um, a lot of grower meetings like throughout the spring, summer, fall, winter. Mm -hmm. So I do work with them. But as far as like when we're conducting the actual research, it's just our research team at Mindac. I, right. don't, I don't have the farmers do any of that work. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's jump into birth. Okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, I could, I can ask you about that too. Cause I also have a an agriculture mm -hmm. background. Yep. Um, but anyway, so let's talk about how you guys decided you were going to try for a baby okay. and like how your journey to motherhood came about. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Chris and I got married in November of 2019. Shout out to Sophie for the <laughs> awesome photography. And we, we had been together for six years when we got married. So um, we didn't really plan on waiting very long mm -hmm. to start trying. We had a friend's wedding the following August. So we didn't try that first <laughs> month because that would have put us right at the wedding. Um, so we started trying about a month after we got married and we did not get pregnant until june of 2020 so roughly six-ish months before we got pregnant with navy yeah how was i mean that, that's pretty like average but i feel like you're very like scientific yes and like probably was, similar to me where like you have to do all the test strips yes and, like, you just want to like know what's going on yes and i was so impatient because mm -hmm. We knew we wanted to be parents. So seeing the negative on the test time after time was awful. And like you said, being very scientific, it was hard because we were trying in the appropriate windows mm -hmm. and, you know, following everything that we thought we were supposed to. And um, we were actually in the process of buying our house. Mm. And so I think the stress level of that affected us being able to conceive right away because I think I just was so maxed out that my body was just like, nope, not right. the right time. Right. Um, so we closed on our house in the middle of May and mm. literally I got pregnant the next month. So oh, yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So how did your birth or your, not birth, I'm not going to go there yet, mm. your pregnancy with um, Navy go kind of like throughout that? So I would say we had a very routine pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, I, so when we found out we were pregnant, um, I called the doctor's office and they had said, oh, you know, you can come in and we can do another urine test or a blood test. And um, I said, well, is the test I took at home, like, are you worried that that wouldn't be right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, no, they're super accurate. And I said, okay, well, I'm extremely regular 
and we were trying for this. So I'm positive on when conception would have been. So I'm not worried like due date wise or anything like that. It should all be very straightforward. Um, So we didn't actually go and have our first appointment until 10 weeks. Mm. And then we got to do an ultrasound that day. And, you know, you hear baby's heartbeat. Right. That's always really nice. and Yeah, that kind of leads me to my next question is how did you choose, like, your care team for this pregnancy? So, and I guess maybe your next one if it's any different or if it's the same. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we doctor at Ascentia in Fargo. Um, obviously, we are in the same area. Yeah. <laughs> and it's more rural. So none of the hospitals in town actually deliver babies. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, we just decided to – do everything in Fargo. So you're getting to know the hospital, the, the care teams there. It's just, you know, becomes a little bit more recognizable maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we did that. And then uh, we're doing the same thing for. Is, did you do pregnancy. midwife? Nope. We or didn't did do. OB? Yep. We just did OB. And who do so, you have for an OB? I have Dr. Gefro. That's who I had with Soren. Yeah. Um, well, she wasn't actually at my birth, but yeah, I, she didn't deliver Navy. Either. Who delivered Navy? Dr. Bexel. Oh, I don't know who that yeah. is. Is that a girl? Yep. Oh, I had Dr. Schumacher, I think, for Soren's okay. birth, but she was there for the last, what, okay. eight minutes. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so, so yeah, that goes with your question. So we chose to see Dr. Gefro every single appointment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know some people like to see a different doctor or a handful of doctors because obviously who delivers your baby is Mm -hmm. who's on call. Um, So some people like to sort of test them all out, but we chose to see the same doctor the whole time so that we just build a bit of a relationship Mm -hmm. with her. And then she like knows the pregnancy yeah so when i would talk about how i was feeling or she would reference the last appointment that just felt really comfortable to me yeah that she was familiar with us she's so kind yeah she's so sweet she's this tiny little woman and she's just so cute and she's had twins and like sophie said she's like just teeny tiny she's so tiny but also so like soft-spoken and just like warm Yes. Warm is, is good. And yeah, I just stylish. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like she just gets it. Mm -hmm. Like uh, she'll ask me how I'm feeling and I will say, I just sort of feel eh. And she's like, I get it. Yeah. Like she doesn't really have to ask any other questions. She just knows. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, I guess, how did your pregnancy go? Because you were kind of nauseous and yes. did so, anything hap- like come up throughout your pregnancy, really? So I was nauseous from about 7 to 13 weeks. And when I say nauseous, I hate throwing up. <laughs> I will absolutely fight that to the very end. So how I was able to combat that is I had to eat basically every half hour. And it didn't have to be a lot. Like it could just be a few crackers or a fruit snack or something like that. But I definitely every half hour. Um, and, you know, knowing my job, very busy. So it was yeah. like snack city in my pickup all the time. Um, just With a bunch of men. On me. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, 
So that was up until about 13 weeks. And then I was exhausted. Hmm. Like I would come home and just have to lay on the couch. And poor Chris, I would be like, I cannot do anything. Like I'm not making <laughs> supper. I, I'm not touching anything in the house. Like literally I just need to lay here. That's still me now. Yeah. I'm not even pregnant. So it was nice. I mean, it was enjoyable <laughs> to just not do anything, but the feeling just kind of crappy wasn't great. Yeah. But that the nausea part went away about 13-ish weeks. Um, and then the tired portion, that was probably soon after that that got better too. Um, and then like as far as everything else in the pregnancy was pretty normal at our 20 week appointment, she was measuring very large. Um, so then we got to do another ultrasound at 28 weeks, mm. which was kind of nice because otherwise, to see them. yeah, yeah. Otherwise the 20 week would have been like our last ultrasound. Yeah. So it was cool to be able to, to see her again. Um, and at that point, I was only measuring about a week ahead. So then they weren't, fine. weren't concerned about that anymore. Yeah. When you were going through your pregnancy, did you decide to do any sort of um, education or like preparation for birth? So I do a lot of reading. Mm-hmm. Like I did not take any courses mm-hmm. per se, but I read a lot. Um <laughs> Like I read a lot of articles and I follow Carrie Locker on mm-hmm. Instagram and I probably have been through all of her little highlight bubbles a million times. Who's pregnant least. again? Did you see that? I did. I, yeah. I, I actually <laughs> want to ask you if you thought that yeah. ahead of time. I saw that. So like oh. she had posted something about not liking a shake that she usually liked. And I'm like, oh. oh. No, I didn't I see that. I bet she's pregnant again. I didn't see that. Yeah. No. But yeah, so anyway, I... <laughs> I follow her and I really like the way that she gives information. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really easy for me to absorb it the way that that she provides it. So I did a lot of reading that way. But Chris and I did not take any formal courses. I didn't buy her courses. And then we also didn't do like through the hospital or anything like that. I would tell him Mm -hmm. Like about the articles that I was reading, <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, yeah." Also, Pretty side much. note: Doesn't he have like cattle too? Because yes, oh my gosh, that you is were, such a good point. You were telling me yes. that he was like, "That's oh, fine. I've been yes doing calving forever." Yeah, so he grew up on a cattle farm, and even just the way that he talks about pregnancy <laughs> and birth and breastfeeding, like it's he relates it to cattle a lot, and. Thank goodness for him. He married who he did because I don't take offense to it. <laughs> but some people might. Like, you know, when he's talking about having to pull the baby like you would pull a calf because you're past your due date. Like, it's fine. It's just him. Yeah. Yep. It kind of reminds me of, um, did you ever, did you watch Yellowstone? Yes. Where there's like the episode where um, the Casey and... What's the wife's name? Monica. Monica. Yeah. She was like, don't you think you should give Tate like the birds and the bees yeah. talk? And, yes. And he's Casey's grown up like, on a cattle he's ranch. grown up on a cattle ranch. Yeah. I think he knows how that yeah. works. <laughs> so <laughs> And relatable. what can come out of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So relatable. Um, but I guess besides like doing your own reading, did you kind of have like a plan that you wanted, like a desired plan as much, I guess, as you could? Like, did you make any sort of like 
birth preferences? I, we never like typed up or made a formal birth plan, Mm -hmm. but yes, um, we wanted to go an unmedicated route, uh, vaginal delivery. Um, I am a redhead and (laughs) redheads have like all of these little quirky things about them and, um, like anesthesia is one of them. It can really mm. affect you in just different ways than it does other people. And so that's so interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as getting an epidural, I was just concerned about how that might affect me. Mm-hmm. So I just went into it really from the start thinking that I wanted to do an unmedicated birth. And that factored into a lot of the reading and the preparation Mm -hmm. that I did, you know, um, what can you do to make it through? How do you get past, especially transition because Mm -hmm. that's, you know, the worst of it. And so, yeah, I just tried to do a lot of research so that I was prepared. So when the time came, I could pull that back Mm -hmm. and think about that and just remind myself you're prepared you did the research, um, your body can do this, like, you know, all mm-hmm. of all of that kind of thing. All the things. Yes. Okay. Well, let's jump into, I guess, um, the last, I guess, couple weeks of pregnancy and how you felt and how okay. it transitioned into birth. <laughs> okay. Um, so I I was a centimeter dilated and um, I think 60% effaced the very first time that she did a cervical check. So that was what, probably 37 ish weeks, anywhere between yeah. 37 and 39. Right. I'm trying on. to think of when I know she did a few. So I think probably around 37 weeks. Um, and I just basically stayed at one centimeter. I kept thinning at the appointments but I was only dilated to one centimeter. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember there was one appointment. I felt like she, the baby wasn't moving quite as much. So then they had me, you know, hooked up to the monitor for an hour just to keep track of baby. And the nurse came in after an hour to look at it. And she goes, do you know that you're having some contractions? (laughs) And I was like, well, I can feel it. I guess I, you know, you don't know what a contraction right. is until you actually have one or someone tells you that was a contraction. And she goes, they look really strong. And mm. I just was like, oh, well, nice to know that that's what that is, I guess. Was that like close to your... That, yeah, that was probably at the 39, 38 or 39 week appointment. Mm. I think 38. Because then at 39, she, Dr. Jeffro did a membrane strip. Mm-hmm. and it did not work. Mm-hmm. Just a spoiler alert. Worked um, for me. Well, good. I'm glad <laughs> it worked for you. And she told me, she's like, it's about a 50-50 shot. Right. And so there you go. 50/50. Yeah. Um, and I've known friends who have gotten multiple of them, and it never works. And she, so she just did it at 39. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously we would have revisited that at the 40-week appointment, but did not have to attend my 40 week. Yeah. So at least there's that, I guess. Um, so yeah, I was having a bunch of like irregular contractions 
lot of Braxton Hicks stuff, you know, just practice. And then, so the weekend before Navy was born. So that was like February 27th, 28th ish. And also my due date with Navy had been March 1st. Mm. So we're getting close to the 40 week mark. Um, they started to contractions started to get a little bit stronger and like they were consistent, but then they would stop. Mm-hmm. So early labor, like basically. prodromal labor, right? Just annoying, right? It, and yeah. that's, that's the perfect word for it. And yeah. <laughs> so I did a lot of um, at our house. We have basically it's like a block, mm-hmm. city block size, like circle wrap around driveways. We live in the country, mm-hmm. whatever. So I would do a lot of walks, trying to stimulate baby and all that fun stuff that we all try to do. (laughs) So I would do at least a mile when I would get home from work. And it was February. Yes. It was was the end of February. So I'm all bundled up in all my winter gear, but I'm like, I got to walk this baby out. Like you're uncomfortable, right? Yeah. And I am not a tall person, so... My belly was just belly. huge and <laughs> yeah, you're just ready to be done. You can't mm-hmm. really sleep and it's just, you want to meet baby. Mm-hmm. So I was doing a lot of walking um, and then that Sunday, so the 28th of February, the contractions became like even more regular and a bit stronger. So like I still went to church, um, contractions during church and fun yeah but they weren't (laughs) like they weren't a super strong contraction I guess um did they feel more just like period cramps that were going on and off okay so I'm a hard gauge on that because uh I have had really terrible periods Mm. like since I was 15 years old Mm. so when everyone's like well does it feel like a period cramp my period cramps are next level. So that's Awful. hard. Yeah. So it's really hard for me to judge that. Like mm-hmm. I don't, they weren't like terrible pain wise, mm-hmm. but I feel like my pain tolerance is skewed because, because of that. Yeah. So that was hard to judge. Um, but like, you know, my stomach would get hard and you could kind of feel like it goes down your legs a little mm-hmm. bit and your hips and all of that. So it just felt tight. Like, yeah, it, it was really tight. And at the time, you think it's a strong contraction and then you get to legitimate labor and you're like, <laughs> what a joke. Right. Yeah. You feel like, I could do this. This is no big deal. Yeah. And then yeah. you get to the hard stuff and you're like, just yeah. kill me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's the 20th of February and like they're just getting more consistent all day long. Um, and then – they got to the point where they were about 45 seconds long and then we hit the five minutes apart mark Mm -hmm. and so we live in the country it's about an hour drive to the hospital so they had told us that was kind of our mark on like telling before you should like call and see if you should come in so it was about one in the morning. So it's March 1st now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had called. We told them how things were going. And they said, yeah, why don't you come in? We'll just kind of check and see 
maybe you can stay, maybe, maybe not. Which is so frustrating. <gasps> like, I understand that because so I terrible. also live an hour away. And yeah. it's just like, no, I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. It's just such a pain. So so we drove up. Uh, we got to the hospital, whatever. It's, you know, 1.30, 2 in the morning. And she checks me. The nurse checks me. Still only at one centimeter. And she's like, well, we can have you. We'll just monitor you for like an hour. And then we'll check you again and see if you make any sort of progression. So she comes back an hour later. Still one freaking Mm. centimeter. And again, she looks at the readout. And her exact words were, wow, these are really strong. Mm. And I'm like, don't tell me that. Because I know you're not going to let me stay because I'm only at a one. Right. And you're just telling me that like, oh, yes, this is in fact the real deal. Like I can see that you're having strong contractions, but you have to go home. Yeah. So so we did go home. Um, Hindsight, I'm very happy that we went home. Right. Uh, But at the time, I was freaking pissed. Just annoyed. I was so upset. (sighs) Um, So we got home at about four. And uh, I stayed home then that Mm -hmm. day. And Chris did go to work, which I tried to be like, you didn't really sleep at all and you're going to go to work. That doesn't make any sense. I'd be so mad. So he did. And um, I had a couple Zoom meetings because, you know, it's 2020 or 2021. So we're still um, doing that, doing the whole like virtual stuff. Um, so I had a couple of zoom meetings in the morning and then at the time I also was doing some, um, graduate classes for my master's degree and that was in the afternoon. And so I just, I have this memory. I can just picture myself still. I'm sitting in the, in the living room, just bouncing away, doing Mm -hmm. all the exercise ball stuff as I'm, you know, participating in my Zoom class. Which I'm just laughing because I've been to your house so I can, like, picture it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I had my computer sitting on the coffee table, and Mm -hmm. I'm just, like, literally bouncing up and down, side to side, doing the circles. No, I had my camera off. That'd be so funny. I Freaking A. And because we were virtual, literally nobody knew that I was pregnant either (gasps) because we'd never been – in class for this I this class yeah so yeah crazy but so so I'm sitting there um and they are like contractions have been getting stronger all day and then finally just before my class started I had sent Chris a, a text saying okay now I'm starting to swear because they were getting <laughs> even more intense. Um, so, yeah, about 2, 3 in the afternoon, then they really picked up. And um, I just did a whole bunch of the exercise ball mm-hmm. moves, exercises. I don't know, whatever you want to call them. But Tried to just move around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I did a lot of laboring at home, which I'm – extremely thankful for now because you can just you're more comfortable um you're not hooked up to anything so nobody coming in and out yeah right all the time 
And I had already asked about eating and drinking during labor. Um, so I wasn't worried about being restricted on that because mm-hmm. they had, you know, told me verbatim that it was fine. So I was going to hold them to that because right. I made a point to ask. To I didn't make, even to ask. Make sure. I just did it. I want, yeah. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> well, because it's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like that's such a huge physical part. Mm-hmm. And then, oh no, you can't, you know, resupply yeah. your body with what it needs. Mm-hmm. No way. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. I was actually reading a, a research article on um, like eating and drinking and mm-hmm. labor. I, I maybe posted something about it a while ago, but yeah, it's just stupid because it's like the chance of aspiration yes. is so low yes. and it happened like years ago. Like it wasn't even like... It's not recent. Recent. Yeah. And it was when everybody was like completely under. Sure. Not like, you know, if you were to have a C-section, unless it was like super emergent, right. you'd just get an epidural or a right. spinal. You would exactly. be completely under. But yes. yeah, anyway, just the, the risk is so low. So low. And yeah, they made the the guideline on that like years ago, like when they first started doing general anesthesia because like they were under yeah. kind of a thing. Right. But anyway. Yeah. So I just... <laughs> That was a big thing for me, and and especially going the unmed the unmedicated route, I wanted to make sure I had the energy stores to be able to go all the way through. Especially for a first time mom, you you don't know what you're doing; mm-hmm. it's it's new to your body. Like just to be able to continue to refuel so that you can go through what could potentially be a days long labor or multiple yeah, days. exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so so that was nice. I mean, I could do whatever I needed to do at home. Um, Chris came home from work, and he could see that things were elevated from what they had been when we'd <laughs> gone to the hospital before. Um, but I am a very stubborn person, and I was very bitter that they had sent us home from the hospital, which... I mean, I get it. It makes sense why they did it. But at the time, I was so mad about it. So I said to him, we are not going back to the hospital until our 40-week appointment, which was the next day. I'm like, I refuse. I'm not going up there for them to send me home again. I was so mad. However, thankfully, one of our super good friends, she had been a labor and delivery nurse. So um, she was like asking how things were going because mm-hmm. it's my due date you know everybody's checking in on you and see how you're feeling everybody's bugging you yeah and so Probably I had, me too <laughs> <laughs> so I had been telling her like we we went to the hospital but they sent me home because I was still only at one centimeter even though they said I was having good contractions and you know she was like well just hang in there and I'm sure things will start to progress it's good that you're having the contractions because body's doing what it's supposed to and so then I was telling her, oh, yeah, they're definitely getting stronger. Like, um, I've been at, you know, five minutes apart basically all day long. And she goes, and they, they didn't keep you? And I was like, well, no. Like, that had been sort of their cutoff is for us to go to the hospital. But now after having sent us home, they told us to wait until they're three minutes apart. And she's like, but you live an hour away. Right. And I said, 
I know, but that's what they said. She goes, well, I just want you to keep a close eye. And like if they do get three minutes apart and that's sustained for even like 15, 20 minutes at a time, make sure you call and like explain the situation yeah. <laughs> to them again yeah. that you're an hour away. And so then I was telling her, you know, how I was irritated and upset about it. And she goes, well, just remember, you don't want to have baby on the road. You're an hour away. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, whatever. And they get more intense, more intense. And it's about nine o'clock. Chris is thinking about, you know, going, getting ready to, for bed, whatever. Um, and I am at the point where I'm constantly moving. I cannot sit or yep. just stand through a contraction. And I can't really talk through them at all. Mm -hmm. Like they start and all conversation ceases. So I'm telling him what our friend had said. And he goes, I know you want to just wait until our appointment tomorrow. But I think we need to call them. <laughs> so I'm like, whatever do what you want like <laughs> i'm pissed i'm in labor like whatever so he calls and um explains the situation to the nurse and obviously it's a different nurse than the, the night before and she's like well yeah i mean you should probably come in especially if she's been laboring all day and we'll just kind of see how things are looking so begrudgingly <laughs> we load up and we drive Reload. up there. Yeah. And um, so my my youngest brother, he was a senior in high school at the time. And as we are crossing the intersection to go to Fargo, my parents were actually meeting us coming back from a game. <laughs> and so then I'm like, well, I got to text them and let them know, like, we're going up to the yeah. hospital again. They obviously probably knew it was right. Like, I feel like right. small town, you know what everybody drives. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And they knew we had gone up the night before. My mom knew that like mm -hmm. I'd been having the contractions and everything. So yeah, yeah I you're just close sent with them. your mom and sister. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I had just sent them a message. Apparently we're trying again to see if they'll keep us this time, but I'm not feeling very hopeful about it. And um did then just so that they knew right. what was going on if we Let did let the dog out. Exactly. If we did yeah. actually get to stay, that they would watch Cleo. Um so yeah, we Got to the hospital. Um, it was about 10, 20. Um, and I, so like I said, the contractions had really intensified. Um, we parked and it's nighttime. So you have to park at the emergency yep. room entrance. I got out of the pickup and immediately had to stop because I was having a contraction. We get inside and Chris goes up to the desk and a labor and delivery nurse comes down and three times we had to stop on the way up mm -hmm. to the delivery floor. Um, so she gets me in the room and she checks and thank God I was at a six. <laughs> so we for sure got to stay. Yeah. And she, she says to me, when we had to stop that many times on the way up, I would have been very surprised if I was sending you guys back home. Right. So thankfully 1020, whatever, March 1st, officially get to stay uh, in the labor and delivery rooms and hopefully baby gets to come yeah. soon. So um, that was her due date. Yeah. So this yeah. is her due date. So it's, yeah, 
10, 20 on her due date. So, and I had been telling, um, I keep calling her her because obviously she is a her. We did not know at the time right. what we were having. The The gender was a surprise the to it. us. Yeah. And yeah. It, so anyway, I kept telling it. I was like, this is like your due date. You need to come out. We're done. You've been in there as long as you were supposed to. You'll have so much more room out here. Like all day long, I'm saying these things to it. So little little shyster <laughs> held out until the absolute end of the due date uh so the nurse checks me we get to stay and then they put me into my actual mm -hmm. room um and when you were there did they have like the new rooms yes yeah they had just opened the new rooms yeah yeah so they're nice so they're big and yeah yeah one thing that sucked is I had the same thing as you where they moved you. Yeah, because they have like a little tree. Like a postpartum room. Did they oh, move yeah, you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Then you go yeah. down to the fourth floor. They don't do that yeah. anymore now. Now that oh, they really? finished their, uh, well, I think anyway, now that okay. they finished the construction, I think you just okay. like stay in your big room. Well, that I is think. nice. Because, Could yeah, be they afterwards they do move you in it much smaller. It's room. much smaller and it's like. There's more people, folks. We had a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And more stuff because right. you got to go get everything out of the car. And some people want to come see you. And and no tub anymore. Oh, yes. And that, yeah. So then you had to go out of the room. But, yeah, yeah. I never. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So you got anyway, into your room. Yeah. So we got into our room and um, the doctor that's on call, which happened to be Dr. Bexel, who I hadn't met before. Mm -hmm. um, she comes in to just do like her initial checks and whatever, everything too. So she checks me and she's like, yeah, I would say you're like a six, seven. This mm -hmm. is, this is great. We're going to have a baby. And, um, she asked if I wanted her to break my waters and I said, will it make it go faster? And she said, yeah, usually it, it can. And I said, do it. <laughs> so she does. Um, and then it is like, I mean, it's the weirdest. It's such feeling. a strange it's feeling. It's so weird. And then because it's like it feels like you're peeing, but you're yes. And I they're said not that doing to them. It. Like you're not physically. Yes. Like there's no muscle doing it. Exactly it's just coming out of you, and it's warm. It's like you have no control whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And I even said to the nurses that were in the room, I'm like, if I'm peeing myself right now, sorry guys, like I <laughs> literally cannot control what's happening at this point. And yeah, they laughed and right. whatever. And, um, so they, I had the nurse who had checked me in, she was there and then there was one other nurse and then there was a student nurse as well. So I had three nurses kind of in the room with me most of the time. And the nurse who had checked me in, like, I, I don't know if she even left my room. Mm -hmm. Like she was really yeah. in there with me the whole time which I was very happy about because she was amazing. I feel I like the, the, the birthing nurses labor, they, I think they're just like a one-to-one -one yeah, kind amazing. of ratio for the most part. Like they the, just are on patient. So the, the student and then the nurse that was then with the student, like they kind of floated in and mm -hmm. out and she was just checking a lot of the monitor stuff and the readings and, then she would explain to the student kind of mm -hmm. what that all meant. 
but our checking in nurse yeah she she stayed with me yeah the whole time like i i don't know if i remember her leaving even like two times yeah yeah no i feel like that's how mine was too they she was there the whole time it was besides maybe to like go eat and go to the bathroom right yeah yeah so that was really nice um and then chris is the only other person that was in the room with me um I am really close with my mom and my sister, but I didn't want anyone except Chris mm-hmm. in the room. And that's what we'll do for this upcoming birth too. But yeah, I just wanted just me and him, just our little team rocking it out. Mm-hmm. And then I admittedly have a bit of a potty mouth, <laughs> which Sophie and I already discussed before we started <laughs> recording. But I do too, so it's fine. And... So I had said to the nurses right away, I have a potty mouth. I'm probably going to swear a whole bunch. <laughs> um, it's just as a, like, talking it out is a really good way for me to work through things. <laughs> Even just in normal life, not just painful situations. I, I talk to myself a whole bunch, and it's just kind of how my brain works. And so I had said, is, is this cool, like, I don't want to offend any of you because I know you're going to be in my room this whole time. So just A, prepare yourself that it's going to be a lot of swear words. Or B, let me know if it's or like B, offending leave. you. Well, B, leave. I mean, if you don't like swearing, leave. Basically, however. No, I, I feel like they that, have to yeah. be used to swearing. I, that's what I think too. But I just, at that point, I was still thinking enough to be like, don't make people uncomfortable <laughs> with your potty mouth. <laughs> so, yeah, that was whatever. Um, and then it was, you know, you just kind of work through it. Mm-hmm. So at this point, you know, I got there 1020 and it's been enough time for me to be admitted. The doctor comes in and, you know, checks you. She broke my waters you're in the gown, you have all of the monitors and everything hooked up to you, whatever. We're just kind of rocking through it. Um, and then this is where concept of time is like hard for me to remember. Mm-hmm. Like I know when we got to the hospital and I know when Navy was born. Yeah. But as far as how long things took or when things happened in between, mm-hmm. that's a lot harder for me to keep track of. I do know um, I was having back labor mm-hmm. like the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had seen my chiropractor extremely regularly mm-hmm. during my pregnancy because um, I've had issues with my hips and headaches all throughout life. So just to see him to, you know, make sure that my body was moving and allowing baby to kind of space roll yeah as as it needed to um so then back labor is usually less common mm-hmm. when you have been seeing a chiropractor the whole time that was not the case for me and <laughs> i learned from the nurses that if you have a shorter torso that can be why you mm-hmm. have back labor is the position of baby in such a small area mm-hmm. which i totally checked the box for so right yeah 
that'll probably be just something that I get to deal with every maybe not maybe Maybe not she could have been because I had back labor too and I do not have a short torso that's true but I think it was because Soren was like where he, he was, was positioned okay yeah because sure. like when he came out he had a huge bruise on his head because he was okay. just like stuck yeah so maybe could have been maybe she was just a little maybe a little sideways we'll mm. say that i hope hopeful well, words fingers crossed on that yeah. one because <laughs> yeah. it's awful it is because like there's no break Mm-mm. you know contractions stop and you have whatever two three minutes in between but i didn't right. i the back labor is constant mm-hmm. and so Chris was really good about counter pressure mm-hmm. and that helped, but you can only do so much. Um, I was doing a lot of like hip sways or hip circles, um, mostly like either standing or I would stand and face the bed and mm-hmm. just sort of bend over. So like my arms were bracing me on the bed and then he was pushing on my hips behind me. And that was doing okay, but then my really fantastic nurse, she said to me, why don't you get in bed? We'll put it all the way up so it's like a chair, Mm -hmm. and I want you to face the bed. Right. So I was like... um, Hands and knees. Yeah, basically, except... So I was on my knees, but then I had Mm -hmm. my arms on the top of the bed because it's Mm -hmm. in, like, the sitting position. Yeah, so I did that for... That that was the position I was in for the majority of the time in the hospital with Chris then behind me doing the the counter pressure. And yeah, it was a lot of just moving and swaying. And mm-hmm. I didn't actually like swear or say as much as I thought <laughs> I was going to. Um, it was really pretty quiet. Like, mm. and my nurse was very calm. Mm-hmm. She just sort of had this calm presence and it, it just felt really nice. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the lights are dim and it's already nighttime. So it's not like there's a bunch of commotion going on. Mm-hmm. And so that, that part felt very calm and relaxed. It was just that my body physically could not relax. Mm-hmm. So the next time that they checked me and I, for the life of me, cannot tell you what time this actually was. That's fine. I was at about an eight and a half. Mm-hmm. And, but at this point, my body has been going through this for so long, I started to like shake a little bit and my body just could not relax. And so at this point, the nurse says to me, we might need to start thinking about an epidural because if you can't relax, like that can tighten things back up again and then you'll stop making progress and that's not good for you mm-hmm. or for the baby. And so I said to her, I don't want to have to do an epidural if there are other things that we could do. Like that's sort of my last resort option. For me personally, like I said, with the right. whole, I didn't know how I would react to it. And mm-hmm. just if I could avoid it, that's what I wanted to do. So I asked if you know, are there other pain management options that we could look at? And it was too late. I was too far along for, I don't remember the names of these other medications. Just like morphine and... whatever. Yeah, whatever other pain management drugs that they could attempt. Um, So she's like, we could try Benadryl through your IV. 
and then you can get in the tub because sometimes that will be enough to just relax your body and then you can continue on. And so I said, great, let's try that. So she has to, you know, get the doctor's approval on the Benadryl. Oh, the Benadryl. I know, which is You're so... like, let me just go grab my yes, purse. seriously. It's probably in there. <laughs> well, especially because when they had sent me home the day before, that's what they told me to do too. Mm. They're like, um, just try to get some rest, which I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> do we not remember the contractions? They're like, just take some Benadryl, maybe take a bath, whatever. So anyway, I get the Benadryl through my IV and then they, you know, hobble you through mm-hmm. to the bathroom. And so I get in the tub and I fell asleep mm-hmm. in the middle of labor, just totally fell asleep. So it did what it needed to, relaxed my body. Um, Chris was in there with me. I think the nurse was kind of just making sure you don't drown. Yeah. Like well, Chris, <laughs> Chris was in there. Like he was hanging onto my hand. Yeah. Making sure I didn't drown, but she wasn't physically in the bathroom mm-hmm. with us. It was just me and Chris. And, and then I think she was just kind of hovering around in mm-hmm. the room. Um, Cause like she was there. Like I know all Chris would have had to do is stick his head out the, out the door and she would have been right there. Um, but she wasn't physically in the bathroom with us. So I fell asleep and I woke up to my body physically pushing the baby out of me. Like you can just, you can see it in your stomach. Mm. Like it's so hard and it gets like kind of domed up, like whatever. (laughs) Yeah. It was crazy. Like that, that's what woke me up is it wasn't a contraction feeling. It was very much like baby is moving its way down. Right. Exactly. Totally. So that woke me up and I said to Chris, I'm like, are you seeing that? Like, (laughs) should we be concerned about that? And so he's like, well, we should probably have the nurse, whatever. So she comes in and I tell her kind of how I'm feeling. And she goes, okay, well, let's get you out of the tub Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we'll check you again. So she, she's on one side of me. Chris is on the other side of me. Um, then they start to, you know, like walk me into the room. And then uh, our other nurse with the student, she comes in. And so she, the student subbed out for the nurse. So it's Chris and me and the student nurse. And we make it about halfway to the bed. And like, I think my nurse had gone to like chart or whatever. She was still in the room. She just was actually right next thing. to the bed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. And so they start turning me to go back to the bathroom. And the nurse then, she's like, what are you guys doing? And the student nurse is like, she said she has to go to the bathroom. And she's like, do you have to pee? And I'm like, nope. I feel like I'm going to like shit my pants basically except for not wearing any and so uh she's like okay um come on you need to get the bed right now and i'm like oh okay so turn me back around again and then yeah they're trying to like rush shuffle you to the Mm -hmm. bed but you're not moving very fast and you know you're pulling all this stuff along with you so they get me in the bed so that she can check me and i'm at like a nine and a half and again like 
the pushing, but like I'm not physically pushing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm still feeling that with just a whole bunch of pressure. Mm -hmm. So she's like, okay, well, I'm going to get the doctor in here so she can, you know, see how things are going. And then looks like we're going to just move along really quickly here. (laughs) So in the time she checked me to get the nurse or to get the doctor, the doctor comes in. I'm at a 10. So they're like, okay, well, let's, let's start pushing. So the doctor goes back out because I don't know, they have to get like all of their stuff. Yeah. And so then the nurses are like, well, we'll just practice pushing until, you know, the doctor comes back in here. And they were like, most first time moms, it takes like two to three hours to push. So me. Basically, like the doctor's not rushing. Like right. You've got some time. But I'm just like, I don't think so. Like the way that right. the whole pushing, like right. the body pushing sensation, I just. Like your body knew. Right. I never felt that. Yeah. Which like, I didn't know you're supposed to feel that. And then yeah. like going through all this training, I'm like. Sure. Probably should have like, waited to feel that. Right. Before, before I should have tried started. anything. Yeah. 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 And so. They say, like, you know, the, the practice pushing. So my nurse, she, whatever gets you up that first time for the first push. And I don't know if she didn't like the position I was in or I'm not sure. But she decides to grab an extra sheet out of the closet and she ties a knot in both ends. And so I hold one end and then one of the other nurses stood like you know just down for me like right in the game zone area Mm -hmm. and she holds on to it and then when I go to push you sort of like pull your side but then the nurse is pulling her side at the same time Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense so the first time we do that I basically pulled that nurse over (laughs) so then Chris swapped out with the nurse right he was on the other side and so I would pull myself and push and then he would be like pulling mm-hmm. at the same time. So we did that not for very long. I mean, like I said, just enough for the doctor to go get her like gowning up stuff and then to come back in. Um, and so when the doctor comes back in, you could see Navy's head. And so then she's like, oh my gosh, you need to stop pushing. And Navy's literally crowning. Yeah. Like, like I, I can't. I can't. Yeah. I cannot stop what's going on here. I hate when they here. say that. Yeah. I hate it. I'm like, no, let's but not she, tell them to say that. She was not all the way, like, gowned up yet. Like, right. she was still in the process. Yeah. Like, and up. they're still getting all of the, you know, like, the stuff on the floor and everything to catch, catch. it all. Yes. And... You know, Chris is right there, so he can see all of yeah. what's going on. He, he got so a full visual. He did, which, again, thank God for growing <laughs> up on a cow farm because right. he's aware of all of the stuff that comes along with birth. Um, so it didn't bother him, but he's like, I was about ready to push all those nurses out of the way, and I'd have caught the baby because yeah. she wasn't getting there fast yeah. enough. He's like, I've done it enough. Yes. So, yeah, so she finished getting her gown on. And basically two pushes later, there was Navy. Yeah. So that part was nice. I mean, um, I know a lot of people, the pushing part is really long and that's what makes you so, Mm -hmm. so exhausted. 
And that was just not the case for me. It was... Maybe it was all that chiropractor maybe, work. Maybe. Maybe I need to do that next time. I'm doing it again this time. Yeah. Just just feels nice it's anyway. It's nice. It's yeah. just good. But yeah, it was... That part was very fast for me. I mean, the whole hospital stay was a blur for me. So we got there at 1020 and Navy was born at uh, 340 in the morning. So Yep. AM. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. So we, we weren't in the hospital for very long. So I was, hindsight, thankful that I stayed home and labored at home yeah. for as long as I did. Um, and yeah, I, I did not push. If I pushed for a half an hour, I think that would be a long estimate of how yeah. long it took. Yeah. So. So what did you do like right after she was born? Did you do like skin to skin? Yes. Stuff like we that? got to yeah. use skin to skin right away. Um, so yeah, they get her out and immediately she comes mm-hmm. onto my chest, which was amazing. And um, like I said, we did not know mm-hmm. her gender ahead of time. Um, so the really cool part is they said, dad, tell mom what you guys just had. And then Chris goes, it's a girl. And so that was really, really sweet. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, it just like, yeah, it it just makes me smile when I think mm-hmm. back on that because it was just such a warm, fuzzy moment. All the hard work. Yeah. And yeah. like it's, it's amazing because you have, you know, baby on you. So that is great. Um, but yeah, the fact that Chris got to be so, well, so involved, involved with, with the yeah. labor, but then even just to be the one to say, it's a girl. Like that mm-hmm. was amazing. Um, and so we had a girl name, we had a boy name cause we didn't obviously know. Um, so then they asked us right away after Chris said, it's a girl, what's her name? And so her name is Navy Lynn. Um, Navy is my great grandmother's name and she was a school teacher back mm-hmm. You know, way back when they had one-room schoolhouses. <laughs> um, and actually, the one-room schoolhouse that she taught in, my family now owns. And we have modified it, renovated it into a house, mm. two bedrooms, bathroom, kitchen, living room. Like, it's very – I mean, it's a one-room schoolhouse, so it's not mm. like it's very big. Um, but, like, when family comes to stay, that's a good place to have oh, them. Yeah. It's close to the farm and all of that. Um but that's actually where Chris and I first lived when we got married. Mm, yeah. So it's just a, it's a really cool tie into yeah. all of it. And then um, her middle name is Lynn, which is my middle name. And then it's also my mom's name. Yeah. So she's got two, two grandma names in there. Two grandma names. Two grandma names. Um, so do I. I'm two, I'm a two grandma yeah. name. I love I, it. My great grandma, Grace, great, great, great. I don't know, mom, if you're listening, Grace and Sophie, <laughs> they're both like great grandmas, I think, of mine. Love Either that it. or great, great. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. Down the line. Love it when they yeah. have such strong ties like that. Although it makes it really hard for naming the subsequent babies. Yeah. Because how do you how do you measure Chad. up to that kind of a story? <laughs> so Hey, at least your dad's name isn't Craig. Like, what do I do with Craig? A middle name. No. No. <laughs> Craig as a you middle could do name. That. It would be- you could get it to work with something. Soren Craig. That sounds well, awful. not with Soren, but like another name. <laughs> it's Craig. No, sorry, Dad. Mm. Um, well, what's his middle name? Hans. Or That's Han- good. I should say it's Hans. My grandpa's name was Hans, but my cousin 
is named Hans mm-hmm. after my grandpa Hans, but she pronounces it Hans. There you go. Yeah. Then you could you could. I do like Hans, sure. but then I feel like with that you need like a double syllable first name. Hmm. Maybe, or but three syllables. I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm just like you can't have one syllable. For yeah, that I, I I do get that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so after you had her, how was your like postpartum and your feeding journey? Okay. Um. So, yeah, we got to do skin-to-skin right away. And then, like I said, our nurse that I just loved, mm-hmm. she actually was the first one then to help with breastfeeding. And Navy, bless her little heart, she latched, I mean, right away. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a good latch, and she was sucking. And really, from the start, we did not struggle. Mm-hmm. We were very, very lucky in that. Um, but yeah, so that nurse, she helped me position her and, um, Navy nurse basically right away. And then we did the whole skin to skin for a long time. (laughs) Again, time just blurs in the hospital. You're so tired. You're just like, I can just lay here. But she did. And, um, I just had a second degree tear. And so... Yeah, they stitched that, whatever. Um, but it didn't. Even though I had an unmedicated birth, unpopular opinion, it wasn't insanely painful. Mm-hmm. And don't come at me, people. Like, <laughs> that's just my experience. Right. Like, the pushing was the best part. The and back me, labor, the pushing was the worst part. The back labor was the absolute <laughs> yeah. worst part for me. Yeah. So when I did get to push... It was like, it was a relief. It Mm -hmm. felt, it actually felt good to be able to do all of that. And, Mm -hmm. um, I could feel everything Mm -hmm. obviously. So I knew that I had a tear. Um, but it, it wasn't awful. Like I wasn't, you know, screaming my head off in pain because of that or anything like that. So being a potty mouth. Right. No, (laughs) it wasn't. And Chris does say that he thinks it's hilarious that I, talked a big game about swearing and then I was like oh my gosh and things like that he goes yeah real big potty mouth and whatever um it does take I feel like to have an unmedicated birth it takes a type of just determination I think so too you have to have the right mindset that medication isn't even an option and to have your mind in that just way of just knowing you can do it. Yes. If you have it in the back of your mind that you have something else, then it's just almost like you just fall to the temptation. Yes. You 100% exactly what I would say Mm -hmm. is it is such a mental thing for me, at least Mm -hmm. it definitely was like, I know I can do this. I know I can get through it. This other, these other options, they aren't even options for me. Right. I can do it this way. We will make it through. Mm -hmm. There is no doubting yourself. I didn't ever think I can't do this. And that's what I I feel like a lot of people, if they get to that point where they think that there's another option, that's when things go south because they lose control over their mental state. Yes. If you don't ever think about that, then you're in control. And a lot of the articles that I read about doing unmedicated births that I mean that was the basis of all of Mm -hmm. them like you have to know that you can do it 
-hmm. you have to fully believe that you can do it. There is no room for doubt because Mm -hmm. the second that you do allow that in, it makes it so much harder to get Mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I totally agree. Um, And you also had a fairly good birth. I did. Yes. Yes. And lucky in that respect. And also the fact that I did stay home. So I was comfortable and in my own environment and I could do things the way I wanted to do them. Mm -hmm. I do think that that factored in as well. If I would have been able to stay starting from like whatever, a three or a four, maybe would have been a different story. Maybe. Yeah. Cause yeah. you weren't in your own space and right. you weren't occupied by right. teams calls. Right. School. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> good distract, good distractions. Yeah. yeah. Um, how long did you, um, breastfeed with Navy? Uh, weed. So I breastfed for about 13 months, but I nursed for, three to four. So, mm-hmm. um, when I was on maternity leave, she would nurse all mm-hmm. of the time. Basically. Um, I didn't start adding in pumpkins. I think she, it was probably a good two or three weeks before I started mm-hmm. to, to add in any pumpkins and same thing with like bottles or even introducing a pacifier. Um, I didn't because breastfeeding was going so well for us. I didn't want to do like introduce a different nipple and Mm -hmm. have some confusion or preference with that. So I wanted to have that really solid two to three Mm -hmm. weeks start. Um, so, so yeah, so I nursed when I was at home with her. And then when I went back to work, um, I would sometimes nurse like in the morning before I left if she was awake or like when I got back home mm-hmm. at night, but we sort of got, my job is busy. There mm-hmm. isn't really a set, you know, eight to four, eight to five schedule. It's just random, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so she, she would take bottles. Great. I would pump. That was all good. Um, but then there were times I would come home and she would have eaten and not finish the bottle, but then, you know, within your allowable time period for the milk to be sitting out, she would be hungry again. So then we would finish the bottle rather than not being able to use that bottle since it's already been quote warmed up or right. ready to go. Right. Um, so then we would just finish the bottle and then I would just pump instead. Mm-hmm. I would just stick to my schedule. Um, so then there was one day I was putting her to bed. Chris and I were putting her to bed. And I looked at him and I said, I don't remember the last time that I actually nursed her. Mm. And we didn't have a bottle or anything out or prepared. So I went to nurse her and she just didn't really want to. Like mm. she was so used to the bottles mm-hmm. that she had basically weaned herself from me. And I was on a good pumping schedule. So we just kind of, she sort of just self-weaned about three or four months old. And then I pumped up until she was a year, 13 months. It probably got closer to be 13 months by the time you actually wean yourself off of all of that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So once she turned a year, 
I started to relax my pumping, mm-hmm. dropping sessions and whatever. Um, and then I had enough left within our freezer supply that she was able to start mixing breast milk and whole milk. And then that carried her through, I don't know, probably June. Mm-hmm. So 15-ish months that she was getting at least some form of breast milk still. Yeah. And then – um yeah, made the transition over to just regular yeah. whole milk. And again, she latched really well right away. Right. So we were lucky in that too. She we didn't struggle with um lip or tongue ties. We didn't her latch was good from the start. I did at Essentia they have you see a lactation consultant mm-hmm. uh like three days, I think. Three days postpartum. Yeah, so she was born on a Tuesday. We went home on a Wednesday. And then Friday, we were back for the lactation appointment. And so how that went is um, you, they weighed her. We nursed in the office so they could observe how she was eating, how I was positioning her, Mm -hmm. just making sure we were doing everything correctly. And then they weigh her again after she's done to just get a good measurement of her Mm -hmm. intake and that was all good I mean she made a couple like tiny just tweaks to the way I was maybe positioning maybe but again her latch was really good from the start so we didn't struggle um breastfeeding is still also mental like Mm, pumping is so hard pumping is pumping is mental yeah but even just like those first couple of weeks like you just have to think ahead mm-hmm. like it's gonna get easier yep. Yep. it's gonna get better it hurts right away I mean yeah. how could it not yeah they're nursing sucking on your nipple that yeah. isn't used to that kind of yeah I'm like going through this training right now and there was one section that was like breastfeeding should never be painful and I'm yeah like, I call bs I'm like even if your latch is good like yes. your nipples have never been touched Sucked on like, like that, that. No. yes like they've never ever had that kind of Every, to them. Yeah, every like half hour to yeah. two hours, especially when they're first born and they're yeah. cluster feeding like I'm that. I'm like, I, I yeah. don't 100% believe no. in that. And <laughs> yes, so it's not painful. It's it wasn't painful me. Yeah, it wasn't painful for me after we were both used to it. Mm-hmm. But it it is painful to start mm-hmm. and you just have to, you know, work through that and understand it is going to get better. Um, my supply was not ever an issue either, which Mm -hmm. was amazing. Um, I was a little bit concerned about that. Just probably like most people are Mm -hmm. like, am I going to make enough? And I always did, um, even a little bit extra so that, like I said, I did have a bit of a freezer stash that she could Mm -hmm. continue after I was done pumping. Um, the suckiest part of pumping for me is washing all of the stuff. I was going to say clean up. (laughs) Oh, it's like it's, if you didn't have to do any of that, yes. it wouldn't be that bad. Right. The the sitting there and pumping, like whatever, that didn't that didn't suck in. For me, it was a lot of car pumping because mm-hmm. going from And I feel like car pumping yeah. isn't terrible either. No. But I, you're, just, you're already yeah. doing something else. Yeah. So, I hated doing it anytime I was like at weddings because I, I that couldn't be, just yeah. sit. I had to like yeah. do it on the go. Right. And it, so then like throughout the winter, I d- I had the um, legendary milk, the Imani. Oh yeah. That's so like too. during meetings and things like that, that worked out 
really pretty mm-hmm. slick to be able mm-hmm. to just pump in the meeting. Um, whatever, that was no big deal. <laughs> but then, yeah, during – and I could do that in the summer too, but a lot of times it was my Spectra just back and forth in the vehicle with me because mm-hmm. it was right there, good old faithful and <laughs> keep on. Yeah. Do you have any, like, resources you want to share or – tips or advice or maybe anything you might change for this baby just to mention at the end and then we'll have to boot you out because it'll be two hours (laughs) long (laughs) um no okay so just the carry locker resource Mm -hmm. I actually tell I tell all of my friends that are having babies about her Mm -hmm. um I did not buy the course sorry Carrie I just did all of your highlights (laughs) and they were super helpful um the one thing I would say is just, it is mental. Like mm-hmm. you can read all your things and be prepared that way. Um, but just be confident in the mm-hmm. fact that you can do it and you'll get through. You get the it baby at end. the end. You get the baby at the <laughs> end. So that's what worked for me. I know that it doesn't work for everybody else, but that's what I would say is it's mm-hmm. mental and you can do it. Believe in yourself that you can do it. Are you doing the same thing this time? Yes. So yeah. we, we're planning the same unmedicated birth for mm-hmm. this next one. Um, I'll probably sort of go back through a couple of things. Um, but for the most part, like I know, I know it worked for me now. Mm-hmm. So that I feel like is going to be really helpful. Um, I know what worked for back labor. I know what relaxing my body, the effect that that had. So just to keep that in mind. Um, and then, yeah, we're still at Accenture because we had a really good experience. They were fantastic. Mm-hmm. And we're still seeing Dr. Yefro again. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, it's gone really well. Well, thanks for joining. Yeah. That's all we have for you. Beautiful. <laughs>